Byer here, welcoming you to Season 3. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Listeners, have you heard my most recent interview with J.M. Fortier? Did you know that he started an awesome new venture called Growers and Company, where they have a magazine that's printed that comes out twice a year that highlights the amazing farmers that he's taught personally. So you're going to learn from people who are practice, putting his practices into place on their farms. If you want to be a better farmer, you definitely want to subscribe to this magazine. That's going to be like a coffee table item on your shelf. And then the other thing, part of Growers and Company is there, he's created tools that he uses on his farm that he's like studied. You know, he got to travel all around the world when he wrote his book, The Market Gardener. If you don't have that, you absolutely have to get a copy of it. But he's he's he got to go travel to all these farms and then he would look at tools that they had in the hardware stores or using in these other farms, brought them back to his farm, you know, talked to a developer, came out with some really cool tools. Like he talks about his broad fork. The handles are just wood and that helps it make it light, but it's sturdy. It's just the exact kind of broad fork that I want. Um they've got other really cool weeders and different things. And then he's got farmware that he designed that will keep you dry and keep you out there. I know with my, one of my big barriers was my garden shoes. So he's got boots and just great things that are stylish, comfortable, but most of all, they're going to keep you warm and dry when you're out in your garden doing all that hard work. So growers and company growers.co check it out get something for your favorite gardener definitely get a small scale farmers are changing the world t-shirt for your favorite farmer marker vendor do you belong to a csa i'll bet you want to get them a christmas present this year it doesn't have to be on time i know it might be late when you're hearing this but Make sure you support growers.co. Um, their stuff is super affordable. The Canadian exchange right now. Um, I just bought something for someone, um, a present for Kathy from the composters because I go to her laughter yoga with her. And I think it said it was like $25 and then, it, but it only took $20 out of my bank account. So I, I probably shouldn't be talking about the Canadian exchange, but I know his things are affordable. I research broad forks and what they cost. I, you know, it, it's a great deal. You will get so much use out of that tool. Um, so support growers and co join the amazing Patty Armbruster and I Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Montana standard time, 11 a.m. Eastern 8 a.m. Pacific for Grow Live on YouTube. Patty Armister is going to ask your questions. You can submit them ahead of time and we'll be prepared with the answers. Uh, what do you want to know? We're starting out talking about selecting seeds, but she's going to answer everything from how to process local meats to, you know, what pests are good or, you know, what plants are good to bring in beneficial insects into your garden. Just we all know Patty knows so much about everything. I'll be asking the questions. She'll be answering them. We're going to be doing this on YouTube live Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 
10 Central, 11 Eastern, Saturday mornings on YouTube. Grow Live with Patty and Jackie. Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. But when you're hearing this, it's probably in January. So Happy New Year. And I have a great guest online. You heard from her once before, but she's back to tell us about all the great things her book came out. And so here today to share with us is Joan Gregerson. Welcome to the show, Joan. Jackie, and hi, everybody in the organic garden world. Nice to see you and, uh, and happy new year. Happy new year to you. You're the first person I've said it to. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so... So if listeners didn't hear our first interview, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself and your organization? Sure, I would love to. Um, and I'm so happy that I know, Jackie, that you, uh, that your the green organic garden is taking that holistic view. And that's exactly what, what I'm all about too. So I'm the founder of something called Green Team Academy. And my background is that I've always been passionate about nature. Um, and, but unfortunately, I feel like I lost several decades being ineffective, as has most of the world, which is why we are right now. So what I learned was that just being enthusiastic, just being committed, just being a nature lover, just believing in the best in people, like none of that is enough to protect the planet. But I did, through a lot of twists and turns, figure out what does make a difference. And it's something very simple, and it's start a team. And so most of the, the advice that you get for helping the planet is do this, do that. And I want to caution you, instead of thinking that you're going to do something, Instead, get a team together and work on something together, whether it's plant-based eating or starting a community garden or getting your city to change. If you start a team, you'll be able to nurture each other through it all so you don't lose hope. You'll be able to figure out, okay, now how do we do this with the pandemic or whatever our next crazy thing is, um, and you'll have a bigger impact. Um, so that, that all kind of led me to this... Um, once I started going through these experiences where I started teams kind of accidentally started making a bigger impact than my whole engineering career, uh, that I wanted to write a book about it. And so I now have a book out called climate action challenge, a proven plan for launching your eco initiative in 90 days. And I've written some books before that got great ratings, but nobody read them. So I was like, how do we get people to actually read this and do it? So I launched the 2020 International Climate Action Challenge. Uh, we have, and the, the website is climateactionchallenge.net for the book and the challenge stories. So we had 130 people from around the world sign up and they committed, okay, this is what I'm going to do in 90 days. I'm going to start a green business or I'm going to plant 10,000 trees or I'm going to plant three trees or do a cleanup um, whatever it was, they made a commitment and then we had weekly meetings and, um, then by, so that went September 1st to November 30th. And then in December, our impact summit features the stories. So you're listening to this in January. So you'll be able to go and hear the stories of all these different people who just had an idea and made it happen. So we have the 
interviews with our top challengers um, there at climateactionchallenge.net. So this was just this year, just September to November, right? Or just last year, I guess, when we're... Uh... Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, so what were some of the things that you saw that worked well and what were some of the problems people had completing the challenge? Yeah. And that's, that's a really great part of it because it's been funny to, to watch people. I mean, funny, not more ironic than ha ha. Uh, But, um, you know, as I went through all this myself, I found these things that happened and, you know, it's like, one of the things I want people to realize is that helping people make a difference for the planet is a lot more like addiction recovery than it is like giving information. And so, yeah, I mean, things that you would learn in a 12 step program are directly applicable um, to this, but you know, like going through with a group and you, most people think that you figure out what you're going to do and then do it, which seems logical enough, but it actually doesn't work that way. What happens is somebody has an idea and they really aren't able to get that to come to fruition without talking to people. And so one of the things we did was we had weekly meetings. Um, That was a commitment that people made to be in the challenges that they would meet every week, spend at least three hours on their project. And a lot of people thought they were going to go one way and turn the corner and did something else. Um, I know one of the groups, they thought they were going to start kind of a tree nursery. Uh, This was in Burundi. And instead they had this idea of making tree planting part of their rituals in their town. So every time a kid was born that they would plant a tree, any marriage, any death in the family. So they, they took their initial idea and figured out a way that it was relatable and that people really latched onto it. And the only way, you know, isn't that. that so cool? That is way cool. Yeah. But they took it from kind of this abstract thing of we want to grow seeds or plant trees to marking the importance of people's lives. Um, We had another person that had an idea about she wanted to do some kind of circular economy business and she had all kinds of different ideas. They ended up with her, her company is called Remat Pet. You know, mattresses are one of these things that are really difficult to recycle. So what they do is they recover the mattresses and they repurpose them, they upcycle them into pet beds. And so, you know, that's brilliant because there's so many pet lovers and people will spend money on their pets more than they would maybe on, I don't know, a recycling class or bins or something. Um, so we're recycling their mattress. Don't most people, I figured they took them to the right. Home. Yeah, exactly. It's landfill. Exactly. So now they have the cutest feed on Instagram of all these pets on these different um, you know, recycled mattresses, uh, these new, you know, upcycled pet beds. So I would say when you were saying what is almost every single team had an idea, they went one direction and then they took 
a right turn or a left turn or something. And that is the process. That is exactly what happens. And um, so, but, but having this idea of, oh man, I still got to do something in 90 days pushes, gives people that, that thing of pushing through to, okay, well, maybe it's not that, maybe it's something else. Um, there was another group that wanted to do, they wanted to start a, some kind of an eco community and they were having a really hard time getting anybody interested. And then just kind of out of the blue, they found someone that already has property and already had this idea and just needed exactly that person's skills. So you, the, the creativity of it, the unknown, but not like the pandemic unknown, <laughs> more like you can create something more like writing a book or, you know, making a collage. You do have by putting your creativity to it and, you know, putting it out there in the universe, people are, are just creating these amazing things. We've had teams that have done voter outreach that have done tens of thousands of voter outreach. Um, some of them were youth based. Others were, you know, just all kinds of things. One was doing it with her mom who was 86 years old. Like it's just anybody can come together and make an impact. Um, and it's, it's just a really exciting feeling compared to what usually when you hear about the environment, I mean, it's a bummer, man. Like no wonder people don't want to participate. It's all gloom and doom. Uh, so this climate action challenge idea, giving people the idea that let's take 90 days, see what we can do in 90 days and let's do it together. It just flips it around. So my mom is always like, I don't understand why you have to do a challenge when I like I was telling you in the pre-chat that I just did this Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But I think that's what I love about a challenge because it's like you're committing for 90 days. It's going to be pretty much your main focus for 90 days. And then after 90 days, it's done. It doesn't mean you stop forever. Like I don't just stop running forever, but like. It, it just takes some of the pressure off instead of being like, I have to run every other day or every three days a week for the rest <laughs> of my life. It's like, I'm only running during a certain season or during like train. Like I like to do a half marathon in June. So I'm training for the four months up to that. The rest of the year, you know, I'm trying to stay in regular shape. I try to walk regularly, but I'm not actively training. And so I think that's what makes it doable. And then 90 days, if you've had a success, then you've got a success under your belt. And then you can build on that maybe, you know, and eventually try some different challenges. And then before you know it, you found something like you said, you finally figured out this is, you know, this is, I figured out yeah. what works, what works for you, what's working in your community, how many different things can you bring to your community instead of being like, oh, it's so helpless. There's nothing we can do. or like so sunk. <laughs> Like making these little changes really exactly adds well, I, and I like how you linked it to you know our health. It's the same thing, you know that it's it's like a doctor handing somebody a pamphlet and saying, "You know you should eat better and get more exercise." It's like you know we do that with the environment too, and that doesn't work. I'm nodding in you agreement. know it just doesn't work, but if your doctor said, "Hey." We have a group coaching program and it starts on this date and we're going to meet every week 
and we're going to have, you know, things that we do each week and we're going to share and we're going to report and we're going to share recipes. You know, that that's how I got into running. I joined a, a weight loss group and then I, I didn't even like, I never ran. I started running in 2013 for the first wow. time in my life. And I'm what, 54. So six years ago, I was in my late forties and now I, I completed my third, I would have done my fourth half marathon if it wasn't for COVID. And I am definitely doing it a virtual one in, in 2020, 2021. I mean, it's just been life changing. Like there's so many secrets I've learned about running that I wish I would have known when I was 13. Not everybody is a super marathon going to go run for five miles every single day. You know, there's other, like, I love my treadmill because when I'm on my treadmill, I do sprints. I don't sit there and look at it and be like, oh, I got to go out there and run for 45 minutes straight. That's not how I use a treadmill and it works. And just like, there's like little things, but all started with this group. Like I can still remember that woman showing me what a pound of fat looked like. And I went there for health things. It was like through the diabetes center in the town I worked at. It's just, I, I love everything you're doing. It's so true. It works. Well, and even what you just said right there, like I'm not a long distance runner and I'm like, wait, what do you know that I need to know? And so understanding that, 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 like I just did a live podcast. Uh, I, we had six, five or six different climate reality chapter leaders from around the country. And they were each talking about, um, well, here's what we're doing. We're working with our state legislators on methane regulation. And it's like, oh, well, we did something. We passed a bill that said everybody in the state deserves equal environmental education access. And uh, we did a pollinator planting and we did this compassionate tree thing. And everybody's like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. But, you know, it's the same thing, just exchanging recipes, exchanging tips. And for some reason with the environment, we've just told people, you know, just go do it. And, and that just doesn't work. So yeah, once you realize, oh my gosh, we could get a team together, whether it's your faith community or your neighborhood um, or anything. And so the December 13th to 17th in 2020 is our, or was, depending how we say it, our uh, impact summit. And we have, so anybody can go to climateactionchallenge.net. We have sessions on how could you do this for your faith community? How could you do it um, for your city as part of your city climate action plan, uh, your neighborhood, um, your business? And so if you're interested in anything like that, there's that whole resource is there. The book, there's a book, there's a workbook. You can just run with this idea of, yeah, let's just make a, a 90 day challenge and, and do it. Just like doing a half Whoa. marathon. <laughs> You know what? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Jane Fonda, it's so funny. I was on my computer when they called it for Joe Biden. And I was so, it like felt really good that I found out because Greenpeace was my first email. And I got the email and I was like, what? And I got on the TV and it like <laughs> Fox News had called it like 37 minutes before it. Nobody had called me yet. Like my first connection was my email from Greenpeace. And then... Um, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez did, uh, they, they were inviting us, Jane Fonda was going to do a live thing on Facebook and she had AOC on and AOC said, um, it's the grassroots. We cannot stop. It's all the little things people do that are going to change the world. You know, Congress people can't 
take action without hearing from the constitution. You know, I've written to my governor. I wrote him a handwritten letter and he wrote me back saying, I'm so tired of going to the grocery store and people not wearing masks. I hate that I go to my post office and the post office people don't wear masks. It's so ridiculous. Like I live in a place where liberals like, you know, it's like, they almost it's almost like you feel like people are glaring at you you leftist liberal i just happen to be in that kind of a community there's lots of great people here it's it's like to me it's like do you just dichotomy because the kindest most giving you the hand off your shirt nicest the biggest volunteers in our town are these like you know whatever I, I just don't understand it. How is your wearing a mask really like you're taking away my freedom to go to the store anytime I want? I will only go very first thing in the morning. It, it's like, I, I just feel like they're holding me hostage with their, I don't have to wear a mask. Anyway, yeah, well, no, totally I, off topic. No, no, it, but it's, I, totally, <sighs> it's totally on topic. And that's that's one of the things it was it was kind of interesting for me as I was writing the book, I was trying to figure out, you know, like why and and working through that raised as a in a catholic family and my parents as you were saying you know my parents were very they worked at the soup kitchen and they they uh tutored people with to get their ged their high school equivalent um but taking care of the environment was not part of the ethic and and so like i think what we're seeing is these gaps compared to indigenous cultures, which are all about responsibilities, ours, ours is our rights. Well, I have the right to do this and I have the right to do this compared to flipping it around and being, well, I have this responsibility. Um, and so, I, yeah, it's a hundred percent related, but what we're seeing going on with the pandemic and climate change and racial disparities, it's all linked by by people coming from a place of fear and, you know, righteousness rather than, um, than responsibilities and taking that extra step. And I, I just, so one of my guests, Kathy from Kathy's crawling composters up in Canada invited me or invite anybody who wants to come. I'm telling you laughter yoga is so amazing. And the guy who started, so she's a laughter yoga ambassador. I just, I do it on Tuesday mornings at seven 30 here in Montana. It's the best thing. If you think you can't laugh for a half hour, it's so easy. All you do is say, ha 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 ho 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 he he you don't have to be thinking of funny things. And it just, it just builds. It's like the craziest thing. It's worth like 300,000 sit-ups or something. (laughs) I don't know. But, and, um, but but the guy who started it is this he's trying to create a peaceful world through laughter. And I'm telling you, it is crazy. You wouldn't think through Zoom we could feel each other's energy, but I'm telling you, seeing the other women's smiling faces, I feel like I'm making friends. We get between ten and sixteen people we've been getting. Um, she started out with like four back in like September and it's just kind of been growing slowly or October. I don't know. But it is so wonderful. And I just I just I, I, there's a part of me that feels peace is coming. Maybe we will get there in our lifetime. I mean, I dream of a world where there are no, where there's, you know, we're all helping everybody on the whole planet has access to healthy food, clean water, fresh air, and a primer, you know, an education, everybody. 
the whole world i don't i just i believe in a world of abundance and you you are making a huge impact with this i just i just think what you're doing and the connections i've made with my guests on my podcast and my audience i mean i just love everybody well and it's i i agree 100 percent. and the abundance thing um you know so some of the people that are making the biggest impact are those with the least amount of resources um we have several of our challengers are in Africa, um, Kenya, Burundi, I mentioned earlier, Uganda, Zambia. Um, but one of them, Jeffrey Uma, he, he, his weekly, we do these weekly check-ins. He's like, we planted 6,000 trees last week. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, and then the cool thing is by having the photos, we're seeing the pictures and he'll do things like they'll go out to these small villages and they'll meet with the widows in the villages. And this is in Kenya and bring, Uh bring some produce, bring some soap, you know, just like as little gifts and then give each of them a tree. And, you know, he knows about climate change. So that's his thing, but he doesn't talk about that. He talks about all the benefits that trees can bring and how once you learn to, to grow seedlings, it's a, it's a source of income. And when you grow trees, all the benefits that, that come from it. But um, what I was, that was a very long story to say that the abundance, you know, that nature, like one tree drops bazillions of seeds and like literally that's the number if you think of a, just an apple tree how many seeds it's it's producing um and so that's what these folks are doing is just grabbing those collecting those seeds and growing them and then going out and showing other people how to to grow seedlings and how to plant and this being in one to one relationship with nature we're cutting out the middlemen of you know, you don't have to just sign a petition or send money. You can actually just go to nature and say, hey, what do you want me to do here? What, what can I do? Which really loops back to Jackie, what you guys are all about with the green organic garden and how, how you've learned gardening just by, just by doing it, by being a student um, of nature and then, and talking to people and, and doing it together. And that's, that's all I'm talking about too, is taking that to, to our environmental action. Not only that, my husband just harvested the volunteer carrots that came up and he is like, so they were so sweet and they were the biggest carrots in our garden. And they were just huge. The ones that just came up by themselves from the year before and just in a part of the garden where he didn't really get to plant stuff last spring. Oh and it, it was just amazing. I've talked about nature you know, and so many people, I've so many of my guests keep talking about mimicking nature, mimicking nature, and you know, the, one of the biggest permaculture things is never letting the ground be bare because in nature, the ground is really never bare. And um, right, and just exactly what you're saying. And then just you know, I, I, one, I just finished reading uh, Ilm, Ilhan Omar. Is that how you say your name? Um, her biography, who, you know, was born in Somalia and was in a refugee camp in Kenya for like three years from like five to eight or from when she was like four to seven or something. It was crazy. Her life is just what she's been through is amazing. Such a great biography. I think it's an autobiography. Even Hmm. It's like her words and her story. So, um, 
so amazing. And uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> and then the guy I just got off the phone with was the apple orchard. He he runs this huge apple orchard and employing people and just uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. So the abundance. What we, what we can that, do. That thing of be, of being clear that there is a world of abundance, but we have to. Nature is our teacher, not you know, we maybe didn't learn it in school, even if we went, you know, as for me, like going through engineering to try and make a difference. I never thought about community organizing or, you know, walking in a parade with kids or having an Earth Day festival as a, or going to speak to my city council people. And those are the things that, that make a difference or, you know. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah is that it starts with your city council and then once more enough cities do it then a state usually takes it on and then once enough states do it like a lot of people probably don't know we get national holidays like if you want something to be a national holiday what's a big one like i would like to see election day be a national holiday if we were going to make election day a national holiday a holiday so people don't have to go to work so people can get to the polls i mean when we were kids we didn't go to school on election day i i just clearly remember that that was a day off we went to the polls with our parents um it's start or an international peace day i would love september 21st to be a national holiday yeah. where nobody goes to school you know it starts with getting your, you know, you can start with your city and then you can go to your, your governor eventually. Yeah. And then once enough states do it, then the federal government. But a lot of people always think, oh, we need federal change. But really, it's those tiny changes you can make in your community. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, just to your point, that's what that's happened with the Paris um, Accord is that, you know, when, when our whatever you call them, um, administration pulled out, that it was all the cities that stepped up. And it was super cool because one place that I started an environmental nonprofit, that Longmont, they were one of the first to sign on as a city to the Paris Climate Accord. And I was like, that's so cool. This was just like a group of random people that started talking to our city council and pushing them to do a sustainability plan. And then a couple years later, when somebody needs to commit to the accord and they, it didn't happen on the national level that that city did that and i was long gone by that time but it just shows that our kind of what we've been told about where power is is it's really upside down it's it's us being in relationship with nature and being in a relationship with each other and then telling our elected officials what we want in a cohesive way and that's why i say the number one action is to start a team and i was just gonna say and you know what if you're gonna go to your board or change shade policy there's nothing better you can do than have someone else there with you do it with the team oh that's we heard uh, yeah just, just, we, we heard the great story i heard from one lady who said yeah i went and made an appointment to speak with the energy manager for this big school district and he said honestly you're just one person can you please come back with a group like what am i supposed to tell my boss oh, oh one person said this like you know there it doesn't have the weight and they're they're trying to balance all these different interests so it's up to us to come up with that cohesive ask um, and we do that by meeting together and talking and figuring it out as we go. 
Uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Is there anything else you want to tell us that we haven't talked about today? Well, not really, but you know, the book climate action challenge is on, it's on Amazon. The workbook is on Amazon, but also if you go to my website, you can get the digital version of the workbook so you can write in it. Um, and if you want to do a challenge for your city as part of your, you know, just to engage your city or your faith community or anything, then I hope you will think about that and reach out to me. I'd love to, to direct you. We're going to have all kinds of courses and resources and stuff up there that you can pretty much do it on your own, but I'd also love to hop on, do a training or whatever the heck it takes to let's, let's get this party started. <laughs> let's get people understanding that they're empowered and that it's fun to get together and take action. All right. And on a separate note, tell me about the summit that's coming up in a few days. It's December 13th to the 17th. What's that all about that? Maybe I'll like just cut off the end and put a little promo up. Sure. So the December in um, December 13th to 17th, 2020, we have the impact summit for the 2020 international climate action challenge. And this is our super exciting thing because we are, we have, we're out there recording interviews with these different challengers who have made a difference. We've got a lady who works with people in Bangladesh and a few other countries that are uh, decided to try to start businesses and grow food from their kitchen scraps. So they just saw whatever seeds were coming through and now they're growing them and selling them and eating the food. And, you know, that's just one of the dozens of stories that we're going to be featuring in the, the Climate Action Challenge um, Impact Summit. So it's free. Anybody can come and we'll have really inspiring stories of what people have been able to do, go from passion to action in 90 days and also um, workshops of how you can make it happen in your community. And we also have Zoom happy hours where people can get on and just throw out their ideas and talk to people from around the world. So yeah, I would love to anybody to join us. It's climateactionchallenge.net. Joan, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you, Jackie. It's always nice hanging out with you and with your whole green organic garden crew. Um, love all the stuff that you're doing. and so glad that we had a chance to connect again. Me too. All right. Well, you have a wonderful day. Me too. Thanks. Bye. Join Patty Armbruster and I for Grow Live on YouTube Live Saturday mornings, coming to you in 2021. We'll be answering your questions. We'll be um, laughing and sharing information that you want to know because they're going to be answers to your questions on YouTube Live Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, and 8 a.m. Pacific. Send us your questions. You can submit them at the organicgardenerpodcast.com forward slash patty. You can email me at orgpodcast at gmail.com. You can send them to mikeshakengarden at gmail.com. Ask Patty Live. Grow Live with Jackie and Patty. We'll be answering your questions. What do you need to know to grow healthy food in your garden? Hey there, green future growers. Would you like your friends and neighbors to create an organic oasis too? 
Do you like others in your area to learn about earth-friendly practices for their gardens and yards? If so, we would love it if you would share the Organic Gardener podcast with your local community or college radio station today. Thanks again for listening, and remember, grow local. Grow local.